0: to the podcast where we try to scratch a little below the surface of coaching and look for ways that we can all do it a little better. I want to thank everybody again who has so generously donated in the past couple of weeks to my fundraising page for Temple Street and I want to encourage everybody to keep sharing the podcast around to anybody who might be interested the more people that listen hopefully the more money that we continue to raise for a very very worthy cause. Uh, Today's guest Dave Power is the PGA Club Pro and Tralee Golf Club down in Kerry. Uh, full disclosure, I suppose, I'm a, I'm a member out there and, and I love nothing more than getting out and hacking around the place for a couple of hours. Um, For anybody not familiar with the course, you know, whenever COVID eventually subsides, do yourself a favour and, and book around down there because it's one of the most brilliant tracks you're ever going to play. Uh, Arnold Palmer designed the course originally and and famously said, I, I might have designed the first nine, but surely God designed the back. Uh, and recently, they've after making a couple of changes to the front that you know hopefully arnie and god will both be pretty proud of uh here dave power takes us through his own experiences playing the game as a collegiate golfer over in the states to working his way through the tga teaching programs and qualifications uh, we talk about the differences and similarities between coaching team and individual sports how technology like TrackMan has really helped their cause as well as lessons he's learned along the way have a listen follow like or leave a review to let me know what you think enjoy Okay, great. Okay, Dave. So, um, yeah. So, as I mentioned in the in the introduction, so you're the you're the club pro outside in, in Trelee Golf Club. And for anybody listening, maybe who haven't had the privilege of of playing in Tralee Golf Club, it's um, it's a special place. And, and I think after the changes they're after making in, in the off season, Dave, it, it looks like even a little bit more special.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We're blessed. We really are. Um, so it's it's definitely an exciting time to be part of Tralee with changes and the developments we've had the last few years with the par 3 course and uh, yeah it's something I think uh, every member is very very proud of the last few years.
0: Yeah and that par 3 course is is another fabulous addition I mean you can you can pop out there and and run around and play it from the three tees and you're you're home again in in 40 minutes or so and you're after playing maybe 18 holes it's a it's a it's a brilliant addition to any course.
1: Yeah yeah and and um, from a selfish point of view for us it's it's for the kids, I mean, our yeah. golf course is so tough that when they were out playing on the big course, a lot of them would get deflated because it was just too tough, yeah. So, this is great now, it gives them a chance to hit a green, to make a par, to you know, to get a bogey rather than you know, getting sevens, eights, nines, yeah. tens, and coming off, yeah. you know, ready to cry. Dejected, so, uh, it's yeah. great for that, and and even for like you say, the time now, time is great, everybody's time is more precious. Mm-hmm. So, the par three has been a great thing where you just literally go get your golf in an hour and you're home, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. The wife, the wife doesn't hate you as much then.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not a six-hour day, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe, Dave, just for, for the people that wouldn't be familiar with it, would you mind just kind of giving us a, a brief description of, of of your own kind of early stages playing and, and where that went and, and how that led you on to, uh, to the coaching side of things, I suppose?
1: Yeah, so, I suppose, what, like any kid, I suppose, growing up, well, grew up in London, but um, was obviously mad into soccer and, you know, that sort of stuff, and, all, and mad into any sport, really. Um, And then one day my dad took me pitching pup. putt and that kind of really got me. I really kind of enjoyed it, maybe at about 11 or 12. And from there then, I literally just plagued him all the time to play golf, golf, golf. Um, Still carried on playing football um, and really just got lessons then. um, From a a young age, got lessons off a guy who used to teach Nick Faldo. um, And just, you know, got a little bit better each time, um, moved on, played county golf, um, Went from there then to getting a scholarship in America um, in Georgia. So I spent two years over there playing with the dream that I was going to come back a superstar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that the reality was uh, I, I realized that I wasn't as good as I maybe thought I was, that I had to uh, find something else to do with my life. It wasn't going to be on the U.S. tour or the European tours anyway. Yeah. So, so then I came back and I knew that I didn't really want to work in an office. It wasn't for me. There was no way I was going to be able to be surrounded by four walls all day long. So golf was still my passion, um, so I decided to, a job came up at my local golf club for my the head pro there, so I went in as an assistant pro, and so I then started doing my PGA training with the Professional Golfers Association, which takes three years. You get trained on, um, obviously, coaching, repairs, and then running a the business too. So that then sort of took three years to complete passed my exams and was PJ qualified and then, then you've got to try and find a job where you can earn some money or mm. begin a life because uh, back then the apprenticeships were really you know 70 uh, euros a week for uh, right. 70 hours work it was about okay. a euro an hour in the good old days. Jeez yeah. So um, and then from there I went to work in Killarney. Um, now both my parents are Irish so Bally Bunyan and West Cork so we'd always come back in the summers for holidays. Yeah, um, And I was lucky. Tony Coveney was the head pro there. And Tony was absolutely, still is absolutely obsessed with golf and techniques and how you change and stuff. Um, and, you know, he was great. We used to go in the morning, you have the cup of coffee, and we sit there for an hour talking about golf swings, moves, ankles, toenails, how that affected this, how this affected that. And, uh, you know, so that was three years of good, intense discussion with him. So it was yeah. great.
0: Yeah, brilliant. And and let me take you back to Georgia there a second. And uh, what, what was that experience like, David? Like, so that was you know as a, as playing in the NCAA. So it's it's really a student athlete, full on practice college practice college, just flat out in that in that kind of a way.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was great. I mean, obviously Georgia, the climate was so good. So um, yeah. there was two of us went came over from the UK. Um, we both qualified through a trial that they had in Oxford University. So there's about ten golfers got scholarships. So the guy I went with actually played Walker Cup. He was off about plus, plus two or three. So we ended up in the same place. Um, but the standard was good. I mean, we had a really good team. I mean, every to get on the team, you had to shoot. Worst was par, OK? If, if you weren't shooting par, you weren't getting on that five-man team. There was about 12 of us in the squad. Um, and we'd literally go into school in the morning. You go in from, say, you could start at 7.30, which we did to try and get out earlier. So you could start at 7.30 your classes, um, and then we'd be done by 12 or 1 o'clock. And then we, our um, university had its own driving range.
0: Right.
1: So you literally just dumped your gear, changed into your shorts and off down to the practice ground. And we had a huge chipping area, driving range. Um, so we practice all afternoon. Um, the golf coach wasn't a, a sort of a, a pro coach, but he had a very good understanding of the swing. So and he'd helped a lot of good players from there, had gone on to become tour players um, from that college. So, right. so we ended up, then we, we would have... Um, so four times a week we get we get driven over to the local golf club then, and we had the free use of that as well. Right. So we, we you yeah. know it was just full on. You got seven days full on pretty much half days yeah. of golf
0: if you needed it. Yeah. Geez. Yeah. That's a big. Yeah. That's a big culture shock maybe from what you were used to coming from home. It's a, and especially the weather in Georgia. It's hot down there.
1: Oh yeah yeah yeah. They, and they have they have strange things down there like snakes that can poison you and all that <laughs> sort of stuff. So, yeah. So it was uh, a good experience.
0: Yeah, very good, yeah. Uh, and just maybe just start to, to get on to the coaching side of it then, Dave. Like you, you mentioned there now that the, the the coach that was with you in Georgia wasn't maybe a professionally qualified or whatever, but um, just maybe the strengths and weaknesses of, of these kind of coaches that you've come across and, and stuff that you've taken from other people along the way to influence your own coaching, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're blessed um, sort of that, you know, we're sort of blessed that the PGA organised so many coaching events with a lot of the you know, experienced pros of their time, like the likes of these Butch Harmans, Ledbetter. Um, and there's that kind of thing in the PGA. All these guys were always giving something back. So we're able to, you know, we obviously not at the moment you can't move around, but before that, we used to go off to coaching um the European Coaching Federation thing in Germany and we'd have three days with Hank Haney, Butch Harman, Ledbetter, and they'd be giving lectures and then they literally would then do a live lesson. So you were able to learn from these guys um, Jim Hardy, um, maybe some people wouldn't have heard of him over here, but Jim Hardy's probably the, the the golf teacher that I would look at as probably the best golf teacher I've ever seen ever. Right. Um, he just literally has just answers questions in a simple manner and affects people's golf swings really quickly Okay. you know his actual motto is next ball better
0: okay you know okay. and he delivers okay yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, that's interesting, yeah. And like I, I, I like I mentioned there earlier, I, we, the last couple of weeks of this has been maybe uh, team sports, you know, and in those invasion games, Gaelic football or basketball and rugby. And um, I'm just, I'm interested in in how like golf is obviously such a different game and it's such an individual sport and and it's very technique based, I suppose, as opposed to the other games are, uh, there's decision making and obviously as well and hugely decision making, but it's different in that context. And like you said, you played a lot of soccer and stuff or football as you call it growing up. Um, like talk maybe about the differences between those two games and, and in terms of requirements for coaching in those two games and, and how, 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 how maybe those can can help one another in one sense. Yeah, I think
1: I, I, there's no doubt. I, I, I would always say, I think golf is one of the hardest games to get good at. Um, mm. it, it just simply because yeah, you are on your own. Um, you can go away you know, if you play a football team and they're better than you, you kind of, if you get thrashing, you kind of go, well, okay, they were faster, quicker, a bit stronger, you kind of get over it. Um, with golf, it's only you. Yeah. So as golfers, we tend to be much harder on ourselves if we don't play well, because we know we can't blame anyone else. Yeah. Like, we've got no one left.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I think it, it is mentally, it's quite tough golf too, because you the ball's not moving. Mm. And you, and you, so you think that should make life easy. The thing is there, it's right in front of you. But because it's not moving, you've got to enact the movement. You've got to start the thing, prepare, come into it. Whereas if you play football, tennis, the ball's in motion. It's hit into a corner. You react almost instinctively. Mm. So, so golf, we don't have that as much. So it, it, it is a lot tougher to get good technique. Um, uh, and then, you know, I think most golfers, the mind thing is, become, is, is so important mm. too. Don't beat yourself up because we only have to look at the tours every week and golfers will play well in periods of two or three weeks, and then they drop off, mm. you know. Um, you've got top players in the world who've got yips, yeah. you know, these things. So it is it, it is to sort of take it in context. Um, mm. And individually, it is hard. But I think if people accept that they're going to have some bad days and they know what's wrong when they have the bad day, they, they don't, you know, they, they don't do pers- a lot of damage. Yeah, I, I've been to a few sort of mind gurus over the years, and, uh, and they're all really good. Um, and, you know, Literally, if you keep beating yourself up as a golfer, that's permanent damage you're leaving in the head. You, you know, um, you're rubbish. You can't do this. You can't do that. You know, your brain remembers these things. It's so mm-hmm. complex, but it remembers. Whereas, you know, you've got to have more of an attitude. I think where it's literally, okay, didn't work today. No, no big deal. We go again tomorrow. You know, yeah. hence the tour players that shoot 76 one day and 64 the following day. That's mm-hmm. because they they know they're they know how they don't beat themselves up in the 76. They just go again.
0: Mm, yeah the mental side of golf and, the, and that psychological side of it is is probably more prevalent than a lot of other team sports isn't it
1: i think so i think it's just huge i mean it,
0: golf now is
1: it's it's technique of course mm. it's the mental side and, it, and now it's become the physical how strong you are mm. how flexible you are as well but yeah the mental side is is really you, you've got to have a good mental game with golf because as you know you can play six holes great uh, and, and then you can get, you know, go off the rails a little bit, and it's just so tough to keep yourself on a nice even keel.
0: Mm, yeah, it's funny, and I told this story before, Dave, uh, and and you were you were knocking around the place, but it was when I was even getting fitted for for those clubs there, maybe a year or two ago, and uh, and and sitting down or you know standing up with the the, the guy from uh, I can't even remember what, what clubs it was now with Trackman, and he was looking at this, and and I noticed I noticed myself becoming more conscious of my swing and I had gone out there only because I was hitting the ball for me really really well and I was confident in how I was hitting the ball and as soon as I hit a bad shot and, and, and I could hear him telling me that you know you came over the top of that one the next five or six or seven or eight shots, I kept doing the same thing and I kept making the problem that bit worse every single time. And and, and as soon as I left, I was still hitting the ball then again as, as purely as I was. But the, that the pressure, the, the, that and, and that's, that's nothing, you know, but that's that small psychological little bit of weight on your shoulders that somebody else is watching that you don't know and he's got a bit of technology telling him exactly where the ball is going and what's happening and how poorly you're hitting it. And suddenly, it's starting to—you're starting to crumble under that kind of pressure for for yeah. for nothing more than you know, just having a uh, trying to have a look at a set of clubs. You know, it's it's an incredible game, you know, to affect your mind in that way.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you, I mean that's your that's such a common thing what you just said there in fairness. It's uh, and that's why I think what you see with all the top players and, and good players is pre-shot routines, and that's one of the big things in golf that helps relieve pressure, that because the ball's still. It's too, you know, and you've time to think about it as you walk up to the ball. Oh, no, don't fancy that. It's a downhill lie. Oh, there's the bunker. Oh, no. You know, so all those things start to get into your mind. Whereas what the good players do is they'll focus. They have the club. They pick the right club. And then they have their routine. It could be two waggles, two looks at the target. And and they really stick to it. It never changes. Um, And once they have the two waggles, they just execute the shot. and, And they go inwards. They zone in really on what they're doing. Um, and forget the outside part of it. You know, even though they obviously they want the, the ball to be close, they just go so inwards. Okay, if I do my routine, I've got the club, I've practised this, so i give it my two waggles, execute the shot, they pull it off. Whereas the first instance would be the amateur walking up going, oh, oh, tight lie, oh, it's a bit downhill, oh, there's a bunker and a, and a lake there, oh. And, and, and then oh, you can't play the shot. Yeah, so they yeah. really, I, I think if you look at McIlroy, he may have three looks at the head, executes the shot, if you watch golf on TV, you'll see that. And their pre shot routine stops them, the little man in the head stops the little man getting at them. And because it's a slow moving sport. Yeah. So it's easier to get stuff in the head.
0: So, is, is part of, of, of when you're coaching people, so David? I mean, like, is, is that level of routine a, a big part of even before you get to that, to the, the technique of the swing or, or anything else? Is that that's a part of what you coach?
1: I think it's definitely part of the segment. You you know you've got to look at all things like if a fella is physically is hitting the ball rubbish, or you know you've got to sort that first. Yeah. Um, and and then yes, you will say, okay, why haven't your scores? But, you know, I'd always tell people to me, there's two things. There's one is practicing your technique, and then I always say you've got a little button on the side of your pocket there. You flick it to scoring. So when you go out to play, it's not what your technique looks like. It's not how pretty it is. Mm. It's literally just shooting a score on that day signing for it and coming off. Then if you're not happy with your technique or, or some of the swings you made, you can flick the button back and you go practice and you work on technique. Mm. Um, and that's what the good players do. They, they can separate the two technique and scoring um, in tournaments. But yeah, I think you, when you play, you've got to have technique. You, you've got to have your shot routines to alleviate pressure. Uh, and then what all the good players do now is they have what we call a safe miss. Mm. Um, so they now don't have a two-way miss. A lot of these good players, mm. whereas years ago you went for the flag, you hit it, and when it went in the left, in the river on the left, oh god, they don't do that anymore. They think, yeah. you know, they, they see river on the left. Okay, my miss here surely has just got me a little drift to the right. So it, you know, if I need to chip and putt, I do, and you know, yeah, they don't make big errors anymore. Big Errors,
0: yeah, 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 and it's. I'm just interested, David, like I've asked the lads as well previously about, um, you know, coaching kids. Like we've obviously a huge problem in this country with, you know, participation numbers of all sports. They, they rise and rise to that kind of 12 year, 13, 14, and then they start to drop and and, and fall off. And one of the big things um, that all the invasion games are doing now is is putting the emphasis on actually playing the game. So it's not so much about you know, your drill-based practices in training. It's about, it's about playing your five-on-five, five, your six-on-six six and different, different games because that's what really engages them and, and develops that motivation to actually want to play. I, I'm wondering, golf, is there anything, is like how do you kind of cope with that side of things in, in, in golf where it is more technique-based, uh, obviously, but in terms of, you know, marrying that with the game and, and to give people enough of the game, especially younger people when they're starting out?
1: Yeah, I always think that that's—I mean—that's a fair point. It's pretty much the same with golf because there'll come a time where if a kid is just hitting golf balls in a driving range, it eventually becomes boring. Mm. It's you know they, the, they need the next challenge and they need them quick because they they move on quickly. They they develop. So we're we're blessed with and we and we've seen that the par three course that we have now has made a huge difference for us because it's teaching them scoring skills. It's teaching them like that button you press to get scoring. So they're more prepared for when they eventually get onto our main course, um, and, and the par three, you know, just it's an easier introduction. They could, the ball runs down onto those greens. It was designed like that. Um, and, and you're right, if it, it, just on a practice ground becomes boring. Now with the advent of TrackMan, practice has become a little bit more sexy. In mm. that, you know, you can do indoor golf. We we can set up targets. I can set up targets on my TrackMan machine. Um, from 50 60 70 let the kids have a little bit of fun shooting Mm. to the 50 yards 70 yards and then it'll tell them exactly how far they finish from the flag so it's a little bit more exciting than just hitting balls on the range Um, you know there's a few of the ranges around the world now have got top tracer where Mm. you can play games there's a little ipad sits beside your bay you can have long drive nearest the pin and those things and so practice has become a little bit more sexy but I still think you're right Get out into the golf course, learn how to score, and that—that's that's the skill.
0: Those those top golf places in in uh, there's one in New York is a is a great spot. It's about three three different levels and like that they have that Trackman built in, so you know exactly where the ball is going. It definitely makes it a little bit more uh, game specific, I suppose, as opposed to just hitting balls above in a, in a range or somewhere. But the technology, Dave, maybe talk like how, how is that kind of you know that the advent of that Trackman and the different technology now in golf how has that you know made your job a little bit easier or more difficult or or, or in what way yeah
1: um, good question no, definitely easier because um, now I, I I don't think the golf lesson or the information we're given is, is changed much even over 20 years even without trackman because eventually the, the thing is you've got to solve the club face so the moment that ball hits the hits the uh, the club face hits the ball that that's what you're fixing all the time you're just making sure it's as square as possible or if the guy wants to hit a fade it's a little bit open or whatever but The great thing about the track band now is when we make a change, we have evidence to back it up. It's it's effectively an MRI, you know, whereas before we used to give lessons uh, many times and the guy was looking at you and he was kind of going, No, I'm not sure. My friend said I must do this. You know, I'm not (laughs) sure. And he's a six handicapper. He knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Um, And and that was always a battle we always had. so now the track man, it's there, the numbers are there. Now, we don't use them all because it would be too confusing for people if they see all these numbers, yeah. but we can show them, we say, well, there's the change. That's what's now happened. You, either you're hitting the ball more consistently in a, in a tighter dispersion, or it's going a little bit further. And, you know, and and, and it's great. It, that's yeah. the thing. It's the, given the customer, they're learning quicker and they're, they believe more so that, they, you know, they're going to stick at it a little bit better. Yeah. Whereas, you know, some people before would have, you know, there's there's a lot of golfers. They're out there at every golf club, ten percent maybe, and, and they've a new swing tour every week. You know, and, and wondering why it doesn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just what's that phrase? The higher the handicap, the better the teacher. Is that or the, or the more the more they like to talk about teaching?
1: Oh, that's definitely yeah. Every and, and you know it's funny? Every golf club I've ever worked at has that little percentage, and uh, and again, that, look, that's the human population. Some of us are thinkers. Some of us just give me that stick, let me hit it. Yeah. Um, some people want more information. Some people want less. Um, some people want their swing to look pretty. Other people just want to play shoot mm. good scores. So mm. we're all so different. And, and as a coach, that's what that's part of the skill we've got to get into. We've got to we've got to quickly work out which which guy is this now. What, mm. You know what's his little his his you know his DNA. Mm. Um, yeah. Because I always tell people that everybody has a factory setting um, like a phone to hit a golf ball. We all have our instinct swing. And probably, if you traced everybody's instinct swing from the time they started playing to the time they finished playing, it probably hasn't changed a whole pile. This. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time, we'll give lessons, and what the, the information we give one year is pretty much the same information we're getting the following year. Yeah. Now, we're still taking money for it. Obviously, we have to. You know? yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty much the same information a lot yeah. of the time. And, and, and I, the example I give, I always did the same thing wrong in my golf swings since I was 11. 11 or 12. Most pros get stuck on the inside, they're moving the club quite quickly, flick the hands and it's a hook. Um, whereas most high handicappers are over the top, your little phrase, mm. come across it, either pull it left or slice it to the right.
0: Mm. And yeah, and and that's probably the affliction of most uh high handicappers or mid handicap golfers yeah that that horrible uh, fade out to the right but uh, just maybe just a little bit on Dave your your own kind of philosophy on 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 coaching so someone someone's coming in to you uh for a lessons maybe you know they're whatever age it doesn't it doesn't really matter but your own kind of uh how how you approach that i i'm just i i just want to get to kind of the difference maybe in, in the philosophy or maybe the similarities in the philosophy between someone coming in for a one-on-one golf lesson uh, and somebody in a, in a, in a team sport and, and, and maybe just the mindset or the philosophy of the coach in that, in that kind of situation? Yeah,
1: um, I think, so, so obviously the first thing for us is um, we, we get the, the person to warm up. So we'll start watching what they're doing, okay? Um, and look, as you walk into a, a driving range or they're here, you're saying hello, you're, you're gathering information the whole time. Um, you're, we're asking a few little sneaky questions just to sort of get a thing about their game, what they, what they are. Um, and once they start hitting, it becomes really six or eight shots, it, it's clear whether what they thought they were doing is the same as what they are doing. And most mm. of the time, it's okay. Sometimes there is a difference. So, so now, you know, sometimes we have to stop them there, get into their heads a little bit and give a little bit of an explanation so that, you know, that we would do that. Um, and then, you know, you straight away can see sometimes uh, most people are good at receiving information. Other people, the first bit of information you give them may not receive it very well. So you just have to find ways around that. And eventually, if you're with someone for a little period of time, you, you start to work out little tricks that suit them. Uh, to be fair in golf like most sports there's probably six different ways you can say the same thing um and you you just have to find the medicine that suits that person mm. all right um and then hopefully I mean, we try as well a little bit of this next ball better that try and affect the impact as quick as you can so the golfer feels better feels a little bit more confident and stuff like that i, I don't really do sort of swing building where i'm sitting there and i'm going to go right you're going to try this position for six weeks, then come back to me once that position is done, we'll go on to the next one for six weeks, because at that stage, unless he's hitting the ball better quickly, he's, he's yeah. not coming back in blocks of six weeks. Um, it doesn't yeah. happen. you know. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I'll go somewhere else. You know? yeah, yeah. So so we try to affect the impact as quick as we can um, to get them happy. Ball maybe coming off a bit better. Try and back it up with the evidence of the track man. Um, video. Obviously, video now is good too. Mm. So, um, And then at that stage then, you know, hopefully, if, if they're improving, they'll, they'll want to do a little bit more. They'll want to come to us a little bit more regularly. Um, and, and the belief is there because you've got the numbers. Mm. Um, and I think the difference is, and, I, and again, that is on their own. The difference, obviously, with a team sport is that, you know, you, you've got someone there for you. You know, someone can pick you up a little bit, I think, in team sports. The camaraderie is, is there. Um, and look, in a team sport, one guy can have a bad game and the others can cover him, you know. Yeah. Um, Whereas I think, again, this goes back to this mental side of the golf. We, we just have to be easier on ourselves because no doubt, particularly at Tralee, one of the things we see a lot out there is people who can't chip. Mm. Uh, tight bare eyes um, and the technique wasn't good enough to start with. Then they've beaten themselves up. So we've gone from bad technique. Now we've got uh, beaten ourselves up in the head. So now we've got two absolute negatives over, over that person. And, and then it just the button gets pressed on fear. And then all of a sudden the putter's coming out from 50 yards 60 <laughs> yards um, I've never seen as many putters come out from 50 60 <laughs> yards till I got to Chilly Golf Club yeah
0: really? yeah <laughs> not not a bad play on a few the holes though but uh, yeah <laughs> but that that negative self talk though like you mentioned there that's that's a that is a real that's a big thing in golf obviously like and it's just uh it it's, do you do you do stuff dave where where you go out and play a few holes with people or or is it normally just in that range looking at them hitting a the few balls and you know and go from there or what way do you play it? Yeah, I've tried, um, obviously we're we're sort of a very
1: hugely busy resort club that uh, normally would have a lot of uh, people there every day. So it's difficult for me to get out on the course as much until the par three came along. Hmm. So now I've started doing a little bit more playing lessons. And I have to say, you learn more about the golfer on a playing lesson than you will on 10 range sessions because someone gets into a rhythm on the range and then there's no pressure because the, I'll just, if I hit a bad one, there's, Dave's going to give me another ball. I know he is. He's nice enough. So I'll give him another ball so they can trick you. Yeah. Whereas when you get onto the golf course and it's a one shot sort of, you know, at a time, and you've got to hit the shot when you need to hit it, you very soon know, you know, can they, can they hit a target? Can they control the ball? Can they get up and down? Have they got, does the putter come out from 50 yards? Yeah. Um, so all that. So yeah, I, I love, um, seeing them on the golf course would learn you so much more than it will mm. a practice ground. I think most most golf coaches now would would really say that.
0: Yeah, uh, and and you just you mentioned there about um, just when when they're coming up even further less than just that idea of find find the medicine that suits them best. The the idea that it's still no matter what game it is, whether it's golf or soccer, or rugby or basketball or whatever game, it's still about trying to find what it is with that person that that makes them tick, isn't it really? As opposed to like here are my way of, here's my way of doing it here's how I'm going to teach you to swing and and whether it works for you or not is irrelevant to me it's it's about finding what works for them best isn't it
1: yeah yeah it is and you see it you see it all sorts of things now you know from Jurgen Klopp's hugs to uh mm. you know the days you know go back 20 years with things and people were you got to do it this way you have got to do it that and stifling really people's imagination and probably confidence mm. whereas now um Really, it's about you know just pe- working people along. I mean, we've over the years we've had naturally gifted players who who don't end up being very good, mm. um, and then we've got little lads who aren't as um, talented, and are just stuck at it. Much calmer mindset, you know. I'm I'm okay, and and they end up being nicer golfers. And I think that is true. You you just got to find a way to just encourage everybody. Everybody can play golf to a good level, um, and it's just. Really staying nice and calm and not getting... The teenagers tend to go a bit crazy on us when uh, the patience goes, when they hit a bad shot. We, we notice that. There's a little two-year section there where there's no patience on a bad shot. It's uh, the yeah. clubs now suddenly become weapons. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not just the teenagers. Oh, there's there's plenty yeah. more of those. Yeah, but but yeah. He, that but that idea of the people skills, or uh, you know, and that that interacting with the people, it, like you mentioned, different workshops and 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 uh, lectures and stuff that you, you attend with the PGA, is is that something that's 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 spoken about? at them or are they more more the technical side of it and, and the actual teaching aspect of it. A bit of both
1: I mean really yeah so, so what we do now is we've got so many good courses we can do I can always remember a woman called Pia Nielsen was a Swedish lady and she was ahead of her time on mind stuff and she used to draw two circles the, the small circle was influence the bigger circle was circumstance and basically what she used to get people to do was focus on your circle which was, was the one you could influence which was the clothes you put on the club you selected the your strategy around the course. And the other one, circumstance was basically the other person. If they got a big bounce onto a green, they chipped in. You you, you can't influence that. Mm. So if you let that get at you as they went two up on the, the first two holes, you know, you were, your circle was never going to grow. So mm. she said basically that everybody, if you concentrate on your circle, it was a great way of putting it, I thought, mm. is that suddenly then you'll see it will grow. And, you know, you're not so bothered about them then. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the best mental... Um, person, I persons I saw doing it. Uh, but there's so many now, there's, you know, um, Graham McDowell and all these boys, they've all got a mind coach. They've all got mm. someone to help them. Um, as good as they are players, they've all got someone. And actually a new thing that's come on now is the analytics is that we've got these mathematicians um, yeah. that they're now working out what club you should use off the tee because there's a 40 yard gap between two bunkers. The carrier, the first one is 260. So now you've got this little corridor so they've worked out how to, you know, the percentage of fail or success to get in there, and then if you're further down the fairway, you've got a wedge in your hand, so you're more likely to hit it close. And all, all of them are using that now as well. Jeez, so yeah.
0: that's a big thing. That's a big thing that's affected basketball in the last in the last decade or so. The, uh, that analytics idea and and, and why the game in basketball has gone so much to three-point shooting competition because, they, you know, obviously you're, you're scoring 3 point If you're taking more three-pointers, you're making more three-pointers. trees are going to be twos every day. And, and that's how analytics has really driven basketball to move that way. I, I never really... Never thought of it or heard of it, I suppose, in, in the golf context. So that's, that's interesting. So, someone like McElroy now has, has maybe, or all these guys have, have people working on that analytics and looking at the fairways and, and, and helping them guide what, what clubs they use. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a science now. There's a, a Scott, um, Scott Fawcett and Decade does it over in the States and stuff. Um, and they I, I suppose if you look at Wingfoot this year, DeChambeau mm. was probably a good example yeah I mean he, he pretty much took his driver and smashed it everywhere yeah b- because and, and obviously he's he's a highly intelligent man that, so he obviously worked out that if he got it far enough down even if it was in the rough that he could dig out these wedges and get them up mm. onto the green mm. um so that's, and then if he did hit fairways then he was really going to shoot some scores by you know going into these greens with short irons yeah so yeah. you know no they've it's really it's not just
0: they they have these things worked out really well now. Yeah, no, and I, and I suppose that was nearly my next question, Dave. Was 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 where has kind of golf coaching come maybe since you were starting, since you were, you know, in Georgia to where to where it is now? Is it is it that idea of the technology and and, and now as you say the analytics have, have become more a factor of it? Or is there other things that you've seen kind of changed in the last 10 to 20 years of it?
1: Yeah, um, good question. I suppose I think the lessons we've given now are probably still, in essence, the same lessons we always get because, it's, again, it's that club face when it hits the ball where it goes. Um, so Trackman has a, has a famous quote that uh, the ball at impact, the club face at impact accounts for 85% of its start and direction. That's the same with cutting as well. Right. So um, the um, technology has given people more belief, I think, is, is the great thing. And, and I think people are learning quicker. Um, so we get a lot of good players now who come in and they'll come out once a month. And, and we're not changing much with them really, but they're just seeing, are they still in that little corridor or window of stability, like a couple of degrees either way on the club path, a couple of degrees either way. Right. So they want to keep it in that tight corridor so they they never really have massively bad days. Um, and then if someone is having a bad day, you put them on and you can say, okay, whoa, this, this angle has really changed here. This is what's causing it. So I think um, people, it's almost like going to the doctor more regularly i think mm. if if something bad is is coming you're seeing it quicker so whereas before when i grew up you were practicing you know all summer long we were been practicing you, you 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 could have said okay i've read this i'm going to move my right hand here at impact and you didn't have evidence to back it up the track man wasn't sitting there so yeah you could have wasted six weeks practicing something that yeah. you never had to bother with
0: yeah you know whereas now you can jump on the trackman and 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 try that out and, and actually figure it out pretty quickly whether it does yeah. help or not yeah. yeah, much
1: more constructive and you waste less time and you learn quicker, I think would be
0: yeah, that's the big shift in the wh- while while maybe the message has remained fairly consistent over that time it's just the uh, the ways to probably prove that it's correct have have advanced a little bit, so yeah 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 uh, definitely. And Dave, just in terms of, of maybe, you know, coaches, you know, and, and I'm conscious that there, there will be people from other sports, obviously listen to this, not just, not just golf, but uh, in terms of maybe your own improvement and things that maybe you did when you were starting out as a coach that, you know, if you had your time back now, you might do differently or that you've learned from that maybe other coaches in other sports could benefit from. Is there any kind of, any things that stand out for you in terms of your own improvement as a coach over that time?
1: Yeah, I think, um, without a doubt, I think probably I should probably give some money back to the people who had lessons off me when I first qualified um, about 30-odd <laughs> years ago. <laughs> uh,
0: but You'll be, I, I you'll be inundated, I, inundated nowadays. There'll be people emailing looking for refunds, yeah.
1: I, I think it's so long ago, many of those currencies don't <laughs> exist now. <laughs> so I think, we're, we're, yeah, when I, when I look back at it, when I first started, um, I think as, a, you know, you're a rookie, really. You passed your teacher exams. Next thing, this person standing in front of you and you know they expect it to be right um, and, and I think you know most of us as young coaches probably we, we try to make swings look pretty because that's what we thought you had to do if the swing looks pretty, then it has to work and, and you know this is good he's going to tell everyone or she's going to tell everyone and uh, but and I, I know you asked me earlier, one of my advices to young coaches would be it doesn't have to be pretty it has to work. Mm. Um, and everybody's capable of getting that club on the ball you know maybe others obviously better at more speed than some but uh the first thing is to get a golf swing that works success to someone could be moving it 50 yards instead of 10 that's a that's a big improvement Hmm. um other people it may be to control the ball better so i think you really just have to make sure that you make the swing work um and after that then i think if if it needs to be pretty you can always work on that but it has to first of all get that thing to be effective mm. and that's the thing i think that i mean when i'm looking on the internet now i'm seeing a lot of coaches coming on and maybe sometimes too the terminology is, is too extreme for the average person it's lead arm trail arm center of mass you know all these fancy terms and at the end of the day a golf swings over in a second
0: yeah um
1: yeah. you know it in one way it's great there's so much information out there but I think, too, it's still just very hard for people to pick the information that's right for them. You still Mm. need someone who knows their game and knows their personality, whether Mm. they can handle that. Yeah. Um, And I think that's still important. But in terms of my teaching, what have I done? I I, I guess all we try to do is keep the same message, but use the TrackMan and the tools we have of technology to back it up, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. and, and just maybe like we're, we're nearly there, Dave, but just in terms of sport or golf as a as a, as a participation sport, Dave, and, you know, it's always got, I suppose, for like every sport, young people getting involved in a game and staying involved in the game and enjoying it into into as, as old as they can be. Where where is golf? now? Obviously, every sport has been affected by COVID, and, and we're all we're all reeling from that a little bit. But in terms of even pre-COVID, where is golf now on that kind of spectrum of of, of participation and young people infusing the game again?
1: Yeah, I think like like all sports, um, golf really golf numbers dropped like considerably the last sort of five years or so um, in the world as as a rule um because a little bit you mentioned it earlier about the six hour day um four hours on the golf course i have to warm up uh, yeah. you know i have to then have a little bit of grub afterwards so the, the six hours was hard on families you know with yeah. young kids and stuff like that so uh, there's definitely been a move and tralee's been involved in that um in golf courses all over the world developing path three courses that's been a big thing so that people can go for an hour and stuff um but to get kids playing, kids have never had better chances to play golf um, because, you know, I, I look at Tralee particularly, you know, we're, it's quite cheap to play. The, the clubs that kids have got now are now actually light enough for them to swing it. Mm. Whereas when we were growing up, you used to have uh, daddy's extra stiff driver chopped down seven inches. It was like an absolute sledgehammer of a thing. That yeah. You couldn't get the ball airborne. So now they have all these great clubs at the right weight for kids. Um, and I think the, the par 3s and all those sort of things are good mm. right. and you know, anybody listening if they've got young children and you're taking them to driving ranges always make sure you tee the ball up for them you know, mm. tee the ball up for them let them see that ball go up into the air as soon as a golf ball goes up into the air
0: <gasps>
1: all of a sudden you might capture them they're, they're, yeah. you know, you know, rather than putting it on the grass and it's bashing along the ground all the time so get a bit of success early will always get the enthusiasm going
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's nothing like nothing like when they get the ball airborne for the first time. It's a it's a big it's a big thrill for them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well your your two boys are well able to play, so they were they were pretty impressive uh, when we did the camp.
0: They, they they can they can they can swing it some they can break something else around the house, swinging clubs, so they can <laughs> if they can hit a golf ball, that's not too bad, I suppose. Yeah. Um <laughs> but any yeah, and and is there anything, kind of, Dave, that any other kind of coaching message that you know that you that maybe we haven't touched on that you think could be a you know, a good point for people or anything? I haven't kind of got to there.
1: Yeah, I suppose I, I always think um, you're to always go without a doubt. I, I think always, and this is a message to parents really, to always, you know, don't try and coach your kids, unless you are a golf pro. Hmm. Take take them and drop them off at the right place. Drop them off to a golf pro. Um, PGA pros all over the country have been mad to help um, kids and stuff like that. Um, And then also try and instill a little bit of, I think, hard work. There's no substitute if you've got the right combination of, um, you know, getting your lessons, doing the little bit of work and then coming back. And if you like what we do now, we measure people. So we literally get people to hit some shots on our track man. And and then what we'll do is give them a lesson, let them do a little bit of work and maybe set the challenge right. in four weeks when we come back, we're going to retest you. And mm. that person, you know, really sees if the improvement is there.
0: Yeah.
1: And then, and then if it's, and then if if not, why? And and it, and it may be us. It could be the instructor that maybe have we clouded what we're supposed to tell them. That, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Why haven't they improved? Or, or sometimes it can be they didn't do the work. Um, but I think there's no substitute for coaching from a proper expert. A little bit of hard work. And then a little bit of an attitude, you know, I'm going to do this. You've got to have that that little mm-hmm. fire in the belly, no matter what sport you play, you know, because everybody will have bad days, whether a team beats you 6-0 or whether you hit every golf ball along the ground, you just yeah. have to have that fire in the belly to come back.
0: Yeah. And, and I suppose the value, Dave, of, of getting, especially, especially a game like golf, it's different now in other games where, where early specialization is probably seen as, as something now that's, nearly a negative that you, yeah you're going to have your your one out of a million tiger woods who who just focus on golf from the first day he, he plays any sport uh, but now you've got all these you know p- playing loads of different games like even yourself you're talking about playing soccer all you know until you were 11 and 12 and and then you started to kind of maybe narrow in a little bit um but in in golf in particular how how important is it maybe to get that early kind of you know, like you're talking about dealing with a proper coach and a proper expert early on to get the basics set before maybe, you know, you, you, you maybe float in and out of the game?
1: Yeah, I think, it, yeah, there's no doubt um, the earlier you get people, the better. Um, and then it's just to keep it simple. You've got to have the appropriate talk for, for, the, for that age group. That's the key. It's, um, you know, we, we actually we, we, when we teach people how to use, rotate the club through the ball, we use a field and an ocean. They've got to point yeah. the club to the field and then reverse it to the ocean. And it's very simple Um, and it just shows them how to release the club properly to hit it straight. And we just use that mantra all week long when we do our little camps with them. Um, You know, field ocean and then they add the leg. So then we almost try and make it a sentence, field ocean leg. Um, And that works great for kids, for for the young kids. And they, you know, they've got the message, not too complicated. Um, And then we don't focus too much on the grip believe it or not, that little age group because the grip, if, if all they've got to do is keep the hands and they're fiddling with the grip and un- as under 10s maybe, fiddling, 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 eventually you're going to get bored because they can mm. see the golf balls there. I mean, I have a, yeah. I have a job in my hands holding back the, the stampede for the golf balls. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I don't spend hours on a grip making it perfect. I kind of just gently get at that a little bit. Once it's some way right, we let them off and get them hitting because it's that they want to do. They want to see that ball take off and yeah. hit it further than their mates and... That's what's going yeah. to capture them and maybe yeah. want to come back to us and play more golf and.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Dave. Look at uh, maybe I, I I'd be killed if I let you go, Dave. Without without asking for everybody listening, eventually when we do get back onto the golf course, give us give us one thing, Dave. Give us your your most crucial tip to to help us lose a couple of shots in the eighteen.
1: Yeah. Um... I, I would say my most crucial... T- well, I'll tell you what the, the tips you shouldn't be listening to. How's that? We'll, go, we'll do it in reverse. Is what okay. Because this is, these are the three tips that keep me in a job. People, <laughs> people eventually have to come to me after this. and They, they are head down.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Worst piece of advice in golf, but it's out there. Swing slowly. And, and if you're a right-handed golfer, keep your left arm straight.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So those three things will mean the ball goes nowhere. Um, you won't see it if it does move and um, you're not going to be a very good golfer so those three things are the things not to do yeah but i would say they in golf they're probably the most used phrases Definitely. keep your head down i'll watch where it goes yeah you, you have to move your body in this game it has to be fluid it has to move nothing should ever be stiff and rigid the left arm it's extended but comfortable so those are the three to avoid
0: Yeah, it's and it's gas. If you do hit a bad shot, it's always a case of some fellow says, "Ah, you lifted your head. You lifted your head."
1: Yeah, yeah. And and you kind of then self doubt yourself. You go, "Did I? Did I? I, I, I kept it down. I definitely did." Yeah, um, yeah. and then you keep it down extra longer
0: then, and it still doesn't work. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tough game, tough game, Dave. Uh, I want to thank you for your time. I, I appreciate it. I, I I know it's a it's a crazy time for everybody at COVID, and we're all looking forward to eventually getting uh getting back on the course at some stage and. Um, for people, again, that are, that are listening, guys, this is another one in the, in the series of podcasts that I'm doing, just looking at, at coaching in different sports. And as you'll probably know by now, I'm, I'm doing it as a fundraiser for Temple Street Children's Hospital. Um, and the link has, has, uh, has, is there somewhere up or, or, or below. Uh, and if you can, again, if you can, if you can donate any couple of euros, it would, it would be most appreciative and, and, and most welcome by everybody in Temple Street. Um, so, Dave, thanks, thanks a million again for your time. Really appreciate it. Well done, thank you, and good luck with the call.